A big thank you to our sponsors, Recorded Future. Recorded Future arms threat analysts, security operators, and incident responders to rapidly connect the dots and reveal unknown threats. Their patent and technology automatically collects and analyzes threat intelligence from technical, open, and dark web sources. Why? To provide invaluable context for faster human analysis and real-time integration with your existing security systems. Sign up to their Cyber Daily newsletter and get the latest insights from Recorded Future at recordedfuture.com slash intel. Smashing Security, Episode 21. Wanna Cry? Who's to Blame? With Carol Terrio and Graham Cluley. Hello, hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Smashing Security number 21 for the 18th of May 2017. And I'm joined, as always, by my buddy Carol. Graham, why is it that when you call me when we're not in the podcast, you never sound this happy? This is the, <laughs> this is the way I would like you to call me from now on. Hello, ha- hello. It's hello, hello, Carol. This is your buddy Graham calling Aww. you. Oh, I love it. Okay, perfect. <laughs> we can do that. And we are joined today by our special guest security researcher, Paul Backus, also known as Pop. How are things, Pop? Hello, Graham. Hello, Carol. And hello to Jason Isaacs. Things are great, Graham. Who's Jason Isaacs? Jason, what? What? He's an actor. He's an actor. He's an actor. Jason Isaacs. What's he? What's he been in? He's been in all the Harry Potter movies. He was Lucius Malfoy, and um, this is internet meme. Graham, you are aware of memes, I hope. Um, oh, I am so not on trend. I am so not on trend. Well, Google even did um, hello to Jason Isaacs. If you turn typed Jason Isaacs into the search engine once upon a time. Okay, so there's just a meme whereby people say hello to this actor who's in a Harry Potter movie. Yeah. All right. Okay. Well, uh, hello, Jason Isaacs. And um, <laughs> thank you, Pop, for introducing us to this meme. Actually, we, I should explain. Pop isn't just here to say hi to Jason Isaacs from the Harry Potter movies. He's also here because we brought him in to talk about the big story of oh. the last week. Actually, did anything happen in the last week? Has anyone noticed? <laughs> I think we've all been a little bit busier than normal in the last week, don't you think? <laughs> Just a it week has ago. been a little busy. Yeah. And the reason is, of course, the WannaCry ransomware. And, uh, Pop, you're going to talk to us about it today. But I think we should keep people in, in suspense for a little bit longer. We should. This is a teaser, really. Later in the show, we're going to talk about WannaCry. Everyone on Twitter was saying, oh, I wonder what Smashing Chicago is going to speak about this week. Yes, we are going to talk about WannaCry, but we're going to do it a little bit later in the show, if that's all right what, with you. What a great idea you've had, Graham. <laughs> that was Carol's idea. No, 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 no. <laughs> so what I so th- it's actually been a little bit difficult finding other stories, hasn't I it? I know, right? As to what's going on. Right. Everyone's talking about WannaCry, one of that. Um, one thing though, which I thought was interesting. In fact, I was talking to the BBC about this particular issue and then WannaCry happened. So I think they never actually published their story about this. Um, It's about HP laptops and a a bunch of Swiss security researchers discovered that the audio driver being shipped on a number of HP laptops didn't just 
drive your audio and do all sort of audio sort of things, it also secretly logged every key press which you made. Oh, no. I know, extraordinary. And where did it send that stuff? Did it send it off somewhere or it just was keeping it locally? Well, it just kept it locally. So, I mean, the first thing that HP did when this was found out was like, we're not getting any of these key presses, which obviously could have included password details and credit card information. All, you know, basically everything you type, right? All of your, all of the, all the sexy messages which you may send in the office. Oh, or yeah. All the corporate. <laughs> I send so many of those. God, can't breathe for sexy messages. But all of that is being captured locally in a directory. Uh, well, it's in your public users directory in a file called miketray.log. Now, the reason why these keystrokes were being kept was actually because the programmers who were writing the audio driver were using it as a debugging method. They wanted to capture whether things like function keys were being pressed in order to mute the microphone or unmute it and all that kind of jazz. Right. And they just and forgot they, to turn it back on. They forgot to take it out. Oh. And then it shipped that way, which in itself is pretty disastrous, right? I mean, yep. you, you need to have better quality control than that. You need to be confident that your software... Um, you, know, you want it you tested. Know what, you want it tested. You want it tested, and you yeah. want to know it's the software which you expected to ship, which exactly. you're actually shipping. So, yeah. you know, it's it's bad enough there are thousands of Trojan horses being released all the time that spy on people's keyboards without also having legitimate software silently collecting it. And even if it was unlikely that remote hackers might be able to grab hold of this information, imagine being at home, maybe you've got a jealous partner or you have a business rival. If they gained access to your laptop... They'd be able to find everything, wouldn't they? On that, uh, in that file, everything which you'd been typing. Pretty you bad know, this, stuff. This is not the first time you've brought up this whole concept of jealous partners. You know? <laughs> Do you think that lots of people live in that kind of world? Well, yeah, I, I Le leading double lives. Well, no, I don't think it's necessarily double lives, but there, there certainly are people who are in difficult relationships or they're in a relationship which they're breaking out of and someone might be snooping on. I've done some work before with the Digital Stalking Trust um, who are you know, trying to share information and, and, and spread advice about how to avoid being spied on and stalked online. So, you know, I think this is a, a real fear. Now, of course, this big stink got kicked up over this, right? No, no, how can they do this in HP? You know, they, they did the right thing. They issued an update. And you think, okay. oh, wonderful. And I'm you sure know, they the, did that fairly quickly and they issued it out. Perfect. They did. So, End well, of story? Well, well done. Well done. For <laughs> End of story. End of story. <laughs> I'm just guessing the way you're, you're queuing it up. It isn't. Mais non. Malheureusement. Corolle. <laughs> it was not the end of the story. Oh. Because they didn't actually take the key logging functionality out of the driver. What they did was they changed the registry key, the setting, to turn it off, <laughs> which means in theory, I mean, obviously it could be turned on. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. Someone could turn it on. You know, if someone wanted to spy on you, that they would be able to do that. So, well, they did a quick fix and who knows, maybe they're planning to do a much bigger fix. You know, they just wanted to get something out really quickly. And maybe this was the way to do it. Me. Oh, you're so nice, Crow. You're like Mother Teresa, aren't you? You're not always <laughs> nice. And no, I'm not. <laughs> thanks. Thanks for. Yeah. People have often commented that we look similar. So. <laughs> anyway, yeah. So um, basically, sheesh. And um, I think we expect big software companies to do better than this, don't we? Yeah. What do you think, Bob? I think this is bad. I think HP have done, you're right, they've done the right thing in issuing an update, but I, I expect them to completely update the software now. 
Yeah. You can kind of understand why somebody leaves debugging code in software, but there should be a QA and they should have, shouldn't have done it. I would expect now Trojans just to be turning that uh, registry key back off um, and seeing what's in there. Well, I bet, I guess, I guess HP actually are quite, they must be kind of uh, secretly a little bit glad that it came out at the same time when there's this ginormous nightmare. So it may have got buried in the press. That's well, a, yeah. Well, I mean, it, it's a good, it would be a good time to have released bad news. Yes. Yeah, I know. It's an awful thing to say, isn't it? It's an awful thing to say, but I don't know. You must I mean, be. It's nice that it's maybe not made it on all the top of the front pages. Well, look, we have given it prominence here in the podcast. <laughs> so if you have got an HP computer, make sure you update it. Make sure yeah. uh, that you're running the very latest version of the audio drivers so that they're not secretly logging any key presses. Maybe look for that file, mictray.log. So it's mic oh, as idea. microphone, just mm. to make sure that it's not there and, and indeed that you haven't been backing it up somewhere because there may be copies of it elsewhere because you do back up uh, your computers, don't you, and your yeah. data. If we um, haven't learned a valuable lesson this week, right? <laughs> back, back up. Hey, back it up, back yes, it up. Yes, yes, I was um, just thinking we should put that in. Okay. And I'm backing up, backing up, backing up, backing up because my daddy taught me good. I'm backing in a lot of there and I'm like, oh my God. I think, oh I think God, we can't hold on any longer. We, we, I, I think we've got... We've got to unleash it, haven't we? I think it's time for Pob to talk about the story of the week, if not the story of the month. Is it the story of the year? It's yeah. probably going to be the story story of the year, um, Graham, just because it was so big. It wasn't so big that I think you'll find that was another email aware <laughs> virus oh from about two thousand. Sorry, I've been a bit nerdy there. Yeah, I know. That's. That's right. But this wasn't an email aware virus. So this was a network worm. This is going back to the old days of computer security. When was the last one? When was the last one of these? I think it was probably Stuxnet was (gasps) the big worm. That's so long ago. But before that, there was obviously Conflicker and Slammer. And um, I wasn't working at the time of the uh, Morris worm. And you were probably still in kindergarten, um, Carol. But I'm sure (laughs) Graham remembers the Morris worm. (laughs) I wasn't working in the computer security industry at the time, but yeah, that was that was a pretty big deal, wasn't it? Yeah. So let's talk about WannaCry. Okay. So what do we know about WannaCry? Well, it was ransomware, and ransomware is the topic du jour of the last 18 months, two yeah. years. Everything yeah. is ransomware. Yeah. No longer are people writing worms and viruses for fun um, to impress their mates. They're doing it for financial gain. And... So the bad part about WannaCry is it was ransomware and as people have said, it will make you wanna cry. It was a <laughs> network worm and it exploited um a vun- known vulnerability in SMB um as a Windows network sharing um software. And the particular vulnerability was publicized by the Shadow Brokers NSA hack. Um, and it's been patched um, for about 10 weeks now, um, yeah. but there were actually two vulnerabilities used. So there was a vulnerability called Eternal Blue, and that allowed people to write a file to a remote SMB share. And there was another vulnerability called Double Pulsar that allowed mm. you to execute files from a remote SMB share. 
Now, these these crazy names, these are names which the NSA gave these exploits, don't they? Because they always have code names for the exploits which they use. And they, they created basically these exploits, having found the vulnerabilities in Microsoft's code in order to spy and snoop on people, didn't they? Well, that is the NSA's job. And so... Well, it's yes. half of their job, isn't it? Half of their job is to collect intelligence and mm. to spy and snoop. But the other half of their job, and part which arguably they failed to do on this particular occasion, is also to protect... And secure. Uh, <laughs> and, and secure the United States and other organisations against these sort of threats. Well, I suppose if you've been pedantic, they were to protect the US government's communications. And non-US government's organisations, they don't have to... Uh, protect but yes and i think we'll talk about that um more in a minute graham so this exploit this worm used these two exploits and most people first heard about it when telefonica alerted on on this telling its employees to shut down their computers amid a massive ransomware strike yeah just to try and stop the spread right to try to stop the spread and then the newswires went crazy about a cyber attack on the NHS. Mm. So it seems that lots of NHS trusts, and for non-UK-based listeners, the NHS isn't one homogenous organisation. It's lots of federated hospitals that come under the umbrella of the NHS. That's a good point to make, actually. It's a really good point to make. Um, And so each trust, um, each hospital trust... um, has a different IT system, though mm-hmm. some of them are shared. Mm-hmm. And the NHS got hit quite badly to the effect that any waiting times went up, hospitals stopped surgery, um, they stopped MRI scans because their computers didn't work. Reports are that businesses and organisations in over 150 countries got hacked, yeah. including parts of um, the Russian Ministry of the Interior. And this all came to an end early in the UK's evening, um, about six or seven o'clock, when somebody registered a domain that was in the code. This was on Friday. This was on this Friday. This was on Friday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and let's just quickly go, go down a little rabbit hole there. So a young um, computer researcher um, was looking at the code and he saw a domain that was looked up by the the virus or worm and he registered that domain so he could track how many computers had been infected we're pinging it yeah and that had the effect of stopping the spread of this worm yeah so that that was very fortunate wasn't it so the action which was taken by that guy uh malware tech blog he is on twitter if you want to give him a thumbs up and and like what he did um had this really positive effect because it prevented the malware from spreading any further it effectively was a kill switch on the malware yeah that's exactly what it was a kill switch for lots of them it wasn't a kill switch if you were using a proxy right exactly so yes and lots of companies use proxies right that's true yeah we can't criticize malware tech no no no, i'm not i wasn't uh, i wasn't for a minute (laughs) suggesting i'm just saying i I had a problem with the word kill switch that the media used because i think it gave people a false sense of security yeah Good for home users who have yeah. auto update turned on. Sure, most home users don't use it, you know, proxies. I get that, but lots of companies do. So the upshot of all of this is yeah. the ransomware hit really hard and it hit organizations around the world, encrypted people's data, which obviously is pretty scary if you don't have a backup to recover from. And uh, 
Clearly, it hit the UK's National Health Service, but also hit very hard in Russia and elsewhere around the world. Maybe what would be interesting for us to discuss is whose fault is this? Because it seems there's a lot of blame and a lot of finger pointing which is going on right now as to who should be taking some flack. Why don't we go through in order? Let's why don't we just... All right. What, what we, okay, so why don't we start... Who do we should start with, Pub? Well, who's to blame? Well, it was Microsoft's um, software. Yeah, but Microsoft patched as soon as it was made aware of the exploits. And I don't know if the NSA told them about it, but they certainly, uh, you know, patched those and all the supported systems quite quickly and said it was a critical update. And that was about two yeah. months before this yeah. actually exploded. And I do, th- I do think whenever Microsoft announces that they've got a critical problem in their software, everyone should listen up, prick up their ears and think, crikey, if they ask go in public saying, we've got a serious, yeah. serious problem with our software, here is the patch, please, please apply it. Yeah, like when I got it's- into the industry 15 years ago, I was saying this. Right? It's, so it's, it's a not bit, changed. It's a bit of a failure if people then don't do it. And also, let's not forget, okay, Microsoft did have a bug in their software, naughty, naughty. But what programmer can put his hand up and say he's never written a program or she. with a bug in it? Yes, or she. <laughs> so, I mean, Pob, you're a programmer. Have you ever written a buggy program? Um, I don't think think I've written more than 10 lines of code without a bug in it, Graham. Right, there um, you go. So, <laughs> so there great... you go. And even the mighty Google. Google, who find vulnerabilities in everyone else's software all the time. You know, there are bugs found in Android all the time, aren't there? Mm. Which there is are... sometimes quite serious as well. So, there are bugs found. Everybody has bugs. And so right. can we blame Microsoft for having a bug? No. Can we say that they should have done maybe more looking for their own bugs? Maybe, yeah. Who else can we blame? Well, we can blame the NSA. For creating it in the first place, yeah. Yeah, as we kind of touched on earlier, this bug was made public by the Shadow Brokers who stole it from the NSA. Yeah. Is it the NSA's fault for writing this bug? Well, the NSA's job, and just like GCHQ's job, is signal intelligence and it's to try to steal secrets from foreign governments and enemies of the state. So the NSA were doing their job by creating this. And it looks like, given the timing of the Microsoft patch, the NSA did tip Microsoft off about it when they knew that the Shadow Brokers were going to release this exploit. Because Shadow Brokers didn't initially release the exploits themselves, but they did release some information about what they had in their hands, which included the code names Eternal Blue and Double Pulsar, which obviously was enough to scare the willies out of the NSA and thought, crikey, Mm -hmm. the game's up, we better tell Microsoft. There's another reason why maybe... We can apportion some blame to the NSA if we go. I love this. We're going through our little blame list here, mm-hmm. which is the NSA got hacked, and the yeah. NSA are meant to be all about security. And here yeah. they go again, having a very embarrassing data breach. And I seem to recall they had another quite a big data breach, didn't they, a few years ago, involving that contractor Eddie have, Snowden. That's right. <laughs> Did they issue any statement about this breach? I didn't see one. I think it's not their habit to confirm these sort of things and exactly whether you know whether the information is is real or not. But yeah, but you kind of think they owe the country, you know, a bit of a sorry, guys, mea culpa. <laughs> so the so the, that's that's Italian, I think, isn't it? <laughs> no, no. Yes, it's Italian, Grim. Yes. Well, oh Latin. But yeah, let's not go no, there. no, 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 shh, don't tell them. <laughs> so, um, I knew that. So what? <laughs> So the NSA got hacked by what many would consider a 
state-level actor. And again, that's what state-level actors do. Um, so who are Shadow Brokers? Shadow Brokers claim to be an independent hacking team. Um, well, I think we should take them at their word about that. I think I think they're probably entirely trustworthy. <laughs> Indeed, they're they're fine, upstanding people. Yes, but others would claim that they are part of the um, state apparatus in Russia. So we could say they're the FSB. We would say, well, you get hacked by the KGB. Again, that's what the KGB is designed to do: to hack people like the NSA. Okay, so the shadow brokers partly to blame. We're saying because they stole the information and then they. And they made it, it up public. For sale and, yeah, they put, yeah, they, uh, and the rest of it. Um, lots of people complaining the NHS should have patched. I mean, that seems reasonable, <sighs> doesn't it? They should have patched, shouldn't they? Well, the NHS is an interesting one because we know it's a system. I mean, it's a big, big network. They don't have a lot of cash. I am convinced loads of them are, where, are, are you know, running legacy systems that are not running the latest and greatest. I wouldn't be surprised if there's even XP machines still running. And, you know, how... how I, I think we could put our hands on our hearts and say there were XP machines running in the NHS. Oh, yeah. yeah. The issue with the NHS, like universities, is they don't often have one overarching IT system. So the radiology department might have a slightly different system to the ICU or, or the ER or different parts. And no disrespect to the IT guys in the NHS, they're not getting paid an awful lot of money and they're getting run ragged, keeping up to date with all the other things they have to do, allowing the doctors to use their iPads and whatever else yeah. they have on their plate. So it's very difficult. And furthermore, they will have medical hardware like MRI machines and X-ray yeah. scanners and things like that, which are maybe 15, 20 years old. Yeah. And maybe were designed to be run by software which runs on XP and they've got the drivers for XP, <laughs> but the person who wrote that software, that, that company no longer exists. And yeah. so they don't have any more recent updates to the software. And, you know, they can't get a Windows 10 machine to drive that piece of medical hardware. And it would cost an absolute fortune much more than replacing yeah. a, a computer to to replicate this and i think they're making that decision all the time it's like well we can spend this extraordinary amount of money and secure ourselves against some of these threats or we can but we'd like you know, a few more beds open you know yeah well as well yes that's yeah. going to be where the priority is for the cash so for those who don't live in in britain or aren't aware you know the uk's national health service is pitifully underfunded Okay, I've got the big question now. So who is most to blame out of these three? The NHS, NSA, or Microsoft? Well, I think we I think there are other people we could blame. Um There are, but you know <laughs> those are the biggies, right? We know shadow brokers. We know, okay, we know, we know. They stole it, they made it available. You know, no one's saying they're not, you know, very responsible here. But if we had to go to like, you know Okay, Pop, we're gonna nail you down. We're gonna nail you down. Who's to blame? Of these three? Just answer all, the bloody question. Who's to blame? <laughs> they all have culpability, but do they have the ultimate culpability? No. I can't say I would blame any of them. I um, can. <laughs> well, then you can. But, I mean... The it, NSA... I blame the NSA for not for creating them, but for not keeping them secure. You know, it seems to me if you make, you know, if you create a, a bad poison of some sort, you keep it under lock and key. And we're not just talking a flimsy lock and a flimsy key. Yeah, good so, point. 
you know, they are at the cutting edge of what's going on cybersecurity wise. So they should know what the latest tricks are and they should have proper defenses for it. But ultimately, the person responsible for WannaCry is the guy who wrote it, right? Ultimately, the person responsible for WannaCry is the author of this malware. We we might be upset with others, but yeah, that's no, I, the person who needs a big kick up the yeah, backside. Yeah. I don't believe the author of uh, WannaCry knew what they were doing. I suspect that this spread faster than they could have believed. I think triggering the ransomware immediately was probably silly of the um, author because the best pathogens want to keep their hosts alive in biological terms. It's no good killing patient zero, which this nearly did. There were several coding errors. Reports are coming in now that the um, the Bitcoin code may not have worked properly. Yeah, yeah, I saw that, yeah. Which would be the ultimate irony, wouldn't it? Yeah. That they affected this many computers, and it appears the latest reports are that the actual payment mechanism <laughs> built into WannaCry had a bug in it. Yeah. And so the ba- this, this may be why... It appears that so few payments have actually made. I think the last time I looked, it was something like about $70,000, which, yeah, sure, it's, it's great for a week's work, isn't it? But um, <laughs> for, for the scale of this attack, you would have expected them to have made more than that. Anyway, ultimately, we should tell people, lay off the NHS. They have a lot to deal with right now. And yeah. I'm sure they've learned their lesson and they're doing yeah. good every day. So back off. Yeah. <laughs> so our three pieces of advice to organizations out there. Like they are- don't know, though. Go ahead. <laughs> Our four pieces of advice for organizations out there are patch, 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 and backup. Yeah. Yeah? Well, yeah. I mean, backup, backup, patch, or patch, backup, <laughs> patch, backup. I don't know. Um, Carol, Carol, get us out of this. What have you got for okay. us? That's Wanna Cry, everybody. I hope you enjoyed it. <laughs> I'm going to take you guys to the movies. Well, figuratively speaking, figuratively speaking. Actually, speaking of movies, did you hear, did you guys read about the Texan who is suing his date for texting during a 3D screening of The Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2? <laughs> is it that bad a movie? <laughs> the 37-year-old, okay, his name's Brandon Vesmar, is asking for a whopping 17 US dollars 31 cents, which was the price of the ticket. Hey, hang on. You said he's suing his date. He's suing his date. It was the first date. It was the first date and he's suing his date. Now, okay, I laughed too. I laughed too when I first read this, okay? And I wanted to read a bit more. And it turns out he's Sh- actually- Surely taking your date to a movie on the first date is not very sociable. <laughs> no, neither is suing them, Paul. No. <laughs> well, exactly. So I laughed at the first as well, but then it turns out he's actually maybe a bit of a douche, okay? Oh, really? Yeah. You surprised so me. He, he owns his own cons- comms firm. He owns his own communication consulting firm. So that gives me a bit of a, oh God, he's looking for, for, you know, for yes. a bit of publicity. Anyway, apparently texting is one of his biggest pet peeves. So he's asked this girl who's basically texting. She says she's texting because a friend's having some crisis. So she's just telling, you know, giving a few replies. Um, and he says, can you stop texting? And when she doesn't, he tells her to go outside. So she does and does what any girl would do and doesn't come back. Right. Right. Sensible he then, girl. Yeah. He then texts her and says, um, excuse me, can you pay for your ticket, please? She refuses. Sorry, is, is he texting her from the cinema? <laughs> no, I think this I is I hope a few not. Days. This is a few days later. Because she could counter Sue. <laughs> so she, 
she refuses, right? She's like, look, you asked me on a date. Sorry if you didn't like it, but you know, there you go. Um, he then, he's reportedly contacted her little sister chasing up the payment. And then he goes and sues her. So, as I said, douche, right? <laughs> she probably have a tattoo on his forehead. Anyway, that's Sorry, just... Sorry, can you just remind me of his name? <laughs> yes, his name is Brandon Vesmar. Okay, everybody, From so Austin, there you are. Austin, Texas, I think. Austin, Texas, there Brandon Vesmar. How Girls, old is he? Do we know? Uh, 37. 37. 37-year-old. Okay, so look out for him, ladies and gentlemen. Brandon Vesmar. I yeah. suggest you don't go on a date with him. <laughs> right. Anyway, that had nothing to do with security at all, but it was quite interesting. Um, so movies, you might have heard that the latest blockbuster, we don't know exactly which one, but people are thinking it's probably Pirates of the Caribbean, has okay. been stolen from Disney. Now, Chief Bob Iger says that the hackers have stolen it and they are demanding ransom for it. So this is not the first time we've seen this in Hollywood, is it? Um, no. Wasn't there, it was a few weeks ago, wasn't it? It was Orange is a New Black. Yes. That was taken yep. from Netflix. Yes. Yeah, they, and they were basically saying, if you don't pay up, we're going um, to publish the episodes. And I think they did publish them. They did put them up on Pirate Bay. So it's a similar, sta- similar situation here where they're saying if they don't pay up and they haven't declared the sum that they're being asked, but they're asking it for a large sum, a huge sum, according to uh, the Disney chief in Bitcoin. And the- otherwise, they're threatening to release the first five minutes and then they're going to release 20 minute chunks of the film until the financial demands are met. <laughs> now, what's interesting? Will there be an order? Well, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I wondered because, that too. I because, wondered that because, too. I looked, but I couldn't find it. I couldn't be, find be, it. Because the plots of the Pirates Caribbean have been getting more incomprehensible as they've been going <laughs> on. And maybe doing them out of order would actually be an editorial uh, good thing. I have to say, I would prefer it in a 20 minute chunk rather than two hours <laughs> 20 or whatever it was. Well, this is the fifth film. This is a billion dollar business. Oh, this this whole goodness. Johnny Depp as uh, Captain Jack Sparrow. Now, the thing is, is this movie is supposed to be released on the 26th of May. So that's, is that this, this next week? That's next week. So that's, they don't have very long, right, to get their money in. And the thing is, how is this happening repeatedly? So how is it that hackers are getting their hands on these final cuts? I am sure these cuts are being watched with, you know, by people's lives, how much money they cost. You know, there's a lot of, you know, this is huge money. So how how do you how do you how do you think this might have gotten? Well, I, I I imagine that if you create a TV series or if you create a, a you know some new blockbuster that you're probably working with lots of external agencies and marketing companies and the people yeah. who do the subtitles or the people who dub mm. it into Taiwanese or whatever uh, and you know you're tr- you're putting your trust in their computer security as well. So even if you as the boss of Disney are thinking, oh, yeah, our computer security is really locked down and everything, those partners of yours may not be as careful. There's both the danger, the sort of insider threat danger of someone leaking the movies, and maybe they're getting more, you know, more on top of that these days because there's been so much piracy in the past. But there's also the computer security, isn't there, of external hackers. And it, it does seem that uh, some of the hacking gangs have been particularly interested in doing this recently, I guess. Well, it gets a lot of press. It gets a lot of press. Everyone it, wants to talk about the Hollywood celebs and yes. you know, it, it gives them a chance actually probably to put an ad up for the movie so they can get, a, a you know, the, the newscaster, they know that the articles can get, or the, rather the publications can get a bit oh, are you suggest- are you, are you? Oh, are you suggesting maybe this is a bit of a publicity stunt? I'm not suggesting the fifth incarnation of the Pirates of the <laughs> well, Caribbean okay. movie. Look, we know that it's a very over-budget film. We also know that, well, I don't think very many people are actually going to go and download this and watch it via torrent. 
Do you guys, I mean, what percentage of people that go well, to the theatre would do that? The only reason to watch it, surely, is Kira Knightley in bodices. But, um, <laughs> and you, you'd want to see that in six foot high. But, um, speak for yourself. Sorry, where, where was I going? <laughs> yeah, Graham wants to see Jack Sparrow. <laughs> I want to see uh, Captain Keith Richards doing that shtick again. God. So, uh, yeah, I think you're right about not many people watching it, but I was thinking about this when you discuss- when you said you were going to talk about it earlier, and maybe it's it's not just the people who are working on this, it's people who have to review it. It might have gone to, yes. like, the directors or just to have final say, and um, all I could think of was the Mission Impossible, and this message must be destroyed after five seconds so they really need a way to play the movie and wipe it completely so you can't uh, maybe copying it in these kind of scenarios oh that's interesting there are solutions which do that you know um i've i'm aware yeah. of some companies which offer services for sharing files with and they give you in the a safe ab- room yeah. yeah well yeah exactly and so they're sharing files inside a sort of encapsulated bubble or whatever which yeah. gives them the ability to you know, zap a file permanently, you know, and prevent people from copying it in unauthorized yeah. fashions. So you do it like, for example, in big, you know, business deals, if you're kind of doing a big, you know, company merge or something, you might yeah. do it in that, in that yeah. instance. But yeah, that's a really good suggestion, yeah. actually. Um, the other thing is, is I don't, so I don't think they're losing a lot of money. And the other thing is they're getting a lot of publicity about the film, because I can't imagine that, you know, if, if, if I didn't know anything about the films, which actually I don't, right, I might go, oh, it's a popular film because someone's stolen it and is now holding it for ransom. So I think there's some kind of weird sense that it actually makes the film more important and more people will actually go see it to see what the fuss is about. I just can't imagine it's any good as a movie, can you? No. I don't, I don't think I've seen – I actually don't think I've seen any of them. Have so, you not? No. Uh, I listen to podcasts. That's what I do for fun. <laughs> good idea. Yeah. There are some good podcasts out there, you know. Uh, isn't there? There's some great ones. Oh, there's some really good ones. Oh, yes, you know. <laughs> and in fact, if you wanted to subscribe to a good one, Carol, there's one I'd recommend on computer security. It's called Smashing Security, and you can find it on iTunes. You can leave a review if you like as well. I can't or you can find you involved it on- me in that cheesy, cheesy segue. <laughs> God. Carol, we're getting desperate for the reviews now, right? We're not desperate. I've never been desperate in my life. Have you not? Never. Hmm. Uh, it's also on Google Play Music, <laughs> Stitcher, Ch- I didn't say anything, Overcast. Um, but if you like the podcast, please subscribe. And that means you will automatically get it every time we release a new episode, which is normally every Thursday. And a big shout out to Recorded Future, our sponsors this week. You can sign up to their Cyber Daily newsletter and get their latest insights at recordedfuture.com slash intel. So that just about wraps it up. Thank you for tuning into the podcast. Pob, thank you very much for joining us today. Um, Tinkety tonk, old fruit. <laughs> Tinkety tonk, old fruit. Um, <laughs> if you want to know more or listen to past episodes, go to www.smashingsecurity.com. You'll find our email contact form and you can find a link to our Twitter as well. Yes, and tell us if you like the show. Until next time, bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.